0: Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast.
1: You've got a lot of guts coming here.
0: Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis.
1: You must unlearn what you have learned.
0: And now, here's your hosts.
1: You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy.
2: John Archikett. Will somebody get this big
1: walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. Welcome back, Outriders to the Legion Outrider Podcast with John, Josh, and Matt coming at you from Power Nine Games in the Hive of Scum and Villainy. Back again for another week of great Star Wars Legion talk. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. how's it going? I played the game. Finally, <laughs> finally, I played the game.
2: Yay! I'm so happy.
0: Did we record this two weeks ago when the game actually came out? No, it was no. Last oh, week. no, it was last week. Pretty, <laughs> we recorded last Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. It, you waited this long to get a game in.
1: Well, Josh finally got some games in. He after his, you know, spring break that wasn't yes, spring break. No, I was, I <laughs> didn't spring wait. chore. I yeah. was
2: held hostage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hashtag disclaimer.
1: But Matt and I got a chance to get a few more games in uh, over the last you know week and a half since the last time we did a show, and I think uh, one of the things I was a little worried about was like you know are we going to have things to talk about because last weekend. Fantasy Flight didn't drop any big news on us, and while, still waiting
0: on those tournament packs.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it, it was Easter At least weekend. We got
2: army lists. We got True. the army list sheet We got the PDF. So, Woo! Yeah. Well, hey, it's a start. It's something. <laughs> it's, well, it, wasn't, it, it was something. wasn't a big
1: weekend release, but they yeah. did give us a little bit more information on the upcoming General Veers expansion. Which
2: <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: Which we were going to talk about at length later on today because uh, we got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to talk about with him. He's, he's going to shake up the meta, I think. Wow. And of course, one of the other things that's starting to shape up, we've gotten the, uh, the first couple games out of the way, but we're starting to learn about the games within the game and the game before the game. And I think uh The pre game game. The pre game game.
0: Yeah. Yo dog, we heard you like games. <laughs> so we put games in your game so you can game while you're gaming. Is that where you get drunk at home before you head to the bar or
1: Yeah, kind of. Oh okay. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the uh, the deployment cards, the different scenario cards, and you know, the ways to play those cards to your advantage when you're lining up with your opponent and looking at what your army list contains. So we all have stuff to talk about with that, but first let's get into the Star Wars news. What kind of stuff we have going on, Matt?
0: Well, pretty quiet. Uh, A a few interesting things came out, though. Uh, We saw that Solo is actually going to be entered into the Cannes Film Festival. So that's uh, pretty bold. I don't think a lot of people are expecting that. Josh, as a uh, cinephile, I think you were... Yeah, I don't
2: understand. I mean, that's not the kind <laughs> of movie that, you know, Shape of Water and things like that, you know, The Piano. Those are the kind of movies that go... That you love the to most, K, yes. go to Cannes. Yeah. Uh, and it's con, I think. But anyway, <laughs> oh, you know... Man, never mind. I put my pinky up in the air as I said that. Um, well,
0: so uh, it looks like people are going to get a sneak peek at Solo on the 15th uh, before it releases on the 25th for the general strategy, audience. Bold strategy, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what the... Uh, uh, the initial feedback is going to be from that. See,
2: and I mean that's not your core audience, you know. As as moviegoers go, we'll wait
0: to hear from the pinky twirlers. Sure, and Sure, we'll, no, but I yeah. mean,
2: you know, that's where you go and you show art movies and you show movies that have feeling. So,
0: is art?
1: <laughs> but if you look at the way that Star Wars, the last couple of movies have been, you know, kind of released, they've got a lot of critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi all scored. Did high they actually with win
0: anything though?
1: Um, I think a few technical awards, oh, cinematography, okay. yeah.
2: You know, lighting, yeah, direction, that kind of stuff.
1: But let uh, I me mean, let's face it, sci-fi movies aren't exactly no, the, uh, they're not they're not, mean, they're not made for the Academy, which is fine. Not going to complain about that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to play the Shape of Water miniature game. <laughs> <laughs> You know? I no. <laughs> or the English patient RPG. Yeah. Like, you, you don't really see those. Those aren't made for our our type of audience. Um, so, as much as you know, I appreciate the fact that they're making some strides in the artistic realm. There's still sci-fi movies. John Boyega, still Star
0: Wars. right? Yeah, John Boyega rebooting the Notebook. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that.
1: Yeah. yeah, but so you know, so having having them release it at Cannes, uh, the, the thing that I think is most striking to me is they they've kind of change their M.O. of holding their cards close to their chest. They've always been, you know, releasing the merchandise and things like that, but you don't want people seeing the movie and giving spoilers.
2: Well, and that's why it's the big risk, because that's not your audience. If yeah. all the cheese, you know, if, if the wine and cheese crowd goes, oh, it sucked, ten days before a release... I mean, there's there's already a cloud over the movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: maybe maybe they believe in it so much that they're willing to release it out there into the wild early and they think it'll speak for itself and maybe dispel some of this early kind of doom and gloom, you know, with the uh, previous directors before Ron Howard came on. There was a lot of speculation about how bad it was going to be. And uh, maybe they're trying to control that spin a little bit and saying, hey, if we believe it this much, we're going to put it out there, you know, quality product. You guys should check
1: it out. But they have been fairly quiet about it. I mean, especially compared to what you saw with the Last Jedi, where they were, you know, they had merchandise in Target and Walmart for months ahead of time.
2: You know, there's only been the one trailer so far. They, they you know, it's not a big event when they do a new trailer. It's the movie's really on the down low. So going to Cannes is.
1: I'm so kind of excited for that, though. Yeah. Like, well, obviously I'm gonna be excited for a Star Wars movie. It's you know goes without saying. <laughs> but I think the the fact that they're not making it overhyped to begin with. Um, they, I mean, they did the same thing with Rogue One, though, too. I think when they're doing these, like, the, the Star Wars the story movies. films, yeah. they, I mean, there's not going to be, like, a spoiler that we're not going to know about. I mean, we know Han's not going to die. We know Lando and Chewie are not going to die.
2: I wonder if they'll make it through the Kessel Run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll find out why Han Solo has that chin scar. Oh, yeah. Ooh, maybe maybe we'll or will or, or River Fe- Phoenix more... come back from the dead to get whipped in the face. <laughs>
1: Or maybe there'll be like more symbolism with those dice. I don't know. We'll see something. Oh that yeah, movie. yeah.
0: I featured heavily in and uh, you know, Jedi. I'm just want to well, see what
1: heavily. Amelia Clark's gonna do because I love Amelia Clark. Right,
0: I love her eyebrows.
1: I just love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with the uh, with the new release of, of Solo, or you know, with the upcoming release of it, we've seen a little bit of promotion for it. Um, they did a tie-in with. Denny's of all places yeah, right Denny.
0: yeah sounds like a grand slam to me god no <laughs> is that a Denny's thing or did I
1: we're gonna put you on a pun like a pun limit right, like, right. okay oh, yeah, there's we, one guys here, there's here, one here What's you go, my limit? Matt, I hereby
2: bequeath to you the Legion Outriders podcast jock uh, collar uh, here you go no, it's no, yours
0: no. restraining bolt
2: yours are activated
1: by rants and Matt's right? are activated by <laughs> puns <laughs> But with uh, with the the Denny's promotion, we saw the debut of a brand new character,
2: <laughs> Therm Scissor Punch. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I, uh, mm. We're going back to the old days, though. I mean, yeah, because Face and Hammerhead <laughs> and just like what is this
1: thing? Yeah, for yeah for anybody who you know is I guess our our generation, my generation, who didn't come you know wasn't really of age when the original Star Wars movies dropped. They kind of, you know, came along. Like, for me, I got into Star Wars with the the 25th anniversary, you know, re-releases of them. But oh my. they already had names for all the characters in the cantina. But when the original Star Wars came out, they just kind of had, you know, I still refer guys. to that
0: guy as Hammerhead. Do you? Yes, I know he's an Athorian. but yeah. he's a Hammerhead, too.
1: See, but all of these <laughs> backstories and names and, you know, character mythos, that, those all developed long afterwards within the expanded universe. So... With this Therm... and he has an actual last name. It's got <laughs> no. A that's
2: what it is. Of, yeah. It's I mean, it says it right there on the card. In, no, in it's from the Denny's thing. It's, it's Therm Scissor Punch. Well,
1: that's his. I think that's his uh, his nickname. But I, I, I'm no. I'm guessing that Han Solo. How gave do him you a get nickname.
0: the nickname Scissor Punch? Well, he's a giant lobster. Yeah,
1: with literally palms. a giant
2: oh, cl- cl- lobster.
1: Yeah. He, yeah. he kind of looks like a I don't know one of the bad villains from like Power Rangers. Like a lobster, Thermidor. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a Power Ranger uh, villain, like circa 1993. Right, <laughs> but. You know, it it could be like just Han Solo's nickname for him. I don't know.
2: Still better than Elon Sleaze Bagano.
0: Still the The worst worst name name ever. All time.
1: (laughs) Give him the clamps. (laughs) I think I'll go home and rethink my life. Yeah, you should. Yes. But you know, it's it's cool to see you know any little bit of promotion for for the new movie, and I'm just I'm I'm excited for the film. I'm too. Regardless. How do you not
2: be excited for a Star Wars film?
1: And uh, anything like I said with. With childish Gambino slash Donald Glover, slash. yeah, you could put him in anything, and I will watch it. They're making this movie so swaggy. Do you watch it? <laughs> they Do you saw watch Atlanta? It? Uh, I've actually watched a couple episodes. I need to watch more of it.
0: I need to check that out because I like him too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, so uh, we got some good Star Wars stuff coming for you, and you know, we'll we'll talk more about the solo film as we get closer to that and see some more trailers for it. But Ooh. right now, we're gonna get back to the things that really matter: Legion! the Star Wars Legion. Yay. So, as we've been, you know, putting things together, Josh has his army pretty
2: much done now, it looks like.
1: Um, I've got 800
2: points at least, you know. The I've, painting. The, the painting's done. The painting's done, yeah. A, a certain person who shall remain nameless, I, I won't name names, said that. Is it Therm? No. <laughs> Although I did feel very scissor-punched. Therm scissor punch. When, yes. Uh, you, you know, my, my life's work was insulted and put down. Um, <laughs>
0: Uh, well, that's not scissor punchy at all.
2: <laughs> um, you know, I, I was focusing on the people and not the bases so much. So, you know, most of my bases ah. are you know had the guys glued. You know, I, I glued the guys onto it, and then I, I shot it all with the uh, with the black uh, undercoat. And the bases are still just plain and black and a little uh, dusting a uh, dry brush. So, I, I think uh, you
0: said that I said. Oh, i have not was... naming names, sir. Oh, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> A person who could pass for me as a doppelganger and is probably me. That was the (laughs)
2: administrator of our Facebook account that wrote that.
0: Uh, Oh, (laughs) hmm, which is not me. But uh, what did you say that it looks like crap? No, you
2: said they looked boring. They
0: looked boring because they were boring. They They look unfinished. I'm okay with boring. So (laughs) I historically come from a warhammer background fantasy and that was always the thing it was the faces bases shields you know those were the mm-hmm. things that made your minis pop and when you just have black plastic it's not they look bad they just look unfinished so, i come
2: from x-wing where you can't do anything okay with the bases, so you're so. not in an
0: x-wing anymore no sorry sweetheart we uh, got to step it up a little
2: those are rookie numbers
0: yeah <laughs> 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 you gotta pump those numbers up but no we talked about some easy things you could do to really just kind of Bring it out, and then we definitely got some great advice uh, solicited on the, the yeah. Facebook page. And from thank people. you for everybody yeah. that did
2: that. So, I've, I'm either going to go with like a, an interior grading kind of look, which you, you said that you know, we'll take oh, a yeah, look there's, that. Yeah, um, or what I was thinking of doing is taking some uh, something similar to like GW Astro Granite mm-hmm. and doing that on the bases, and then if you go and get corkboard um, you can paint it and then dry brush it, and it looks like like concrete rubble wall. Yes, absolutely. And right. then I was going to yeah. take that and kind of, you know, uh, distribute that amongst the minis to make it look like it's just kind of an urban. And then maybe a couple of tufts of kind of a very a little static um, grass or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but grass that's very environment neutral you know just kind of a light green could be desert could be here could be just growing out of a road quick disclaimer we're not
0: advocating anybody go out and change their bases yet until we get an official tournament dock yet right uh, yeah and and
2: that's the other thing i you know when, when we asked on facebook you know a lot of folks were like clear bases um but a lot of the custom bases that you're seeing right now if if you look at the base and you actually and i didn't even realize this until i looked at the actual movement tool The inside of the movement tool is beveled. Mm. So it's a very slight bevel to fit exactly against the bases, which obviously you look at the bases and you can see there's a a slight beveling in there. Well, what's been happening is people have been posting up pictures of their clear bases on Facebook and they're flat-sided. So what that's causing is you're getting an incorrect fit.
0: Imprecise movement. yeah, Yeah,
2: but... It's, you know, if you do a double move, it could be as much as four or five millimeters, you know. So, you know, you do that over the course of three or four rounds, and you've got a pretty significant advantage of, you know, movement.
1: Um, And it's happened at least once per game to me where I've had to lay the the range tool in between, and we're looking at, you know, maybe a one or two millimeter difference.
2: Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, I'm really reluctant until we actually see tournament rules, to do anything with to the go bases full mod because, happy with yeah yeah, it, yeah. Uh, and obviously you know they've said that you know the hobby portion is part of and and obviously we've seen ffg minis that have basing on them sure so obviously doing basing is okay Just yeah what's allowable uh, and that's kind of the the issue i have with not seeing tournament rules yet is people are making mods through their stuff and painting stuff and putting stuff on bases and we really have no idea if that's going to be tournament legal or not. Yeah.
0: Well, it, again, this is one of those things uh, for official FFG, you know, tournaments, it, it might make a difference. At your local game store? But yeah, absolutely not. Check with yeah. your TO, you know, if things are reasonable. I can't imagine them having, oh, you got a little corkboard basing in there, so he's standing on some rocks. Cool. Uh, it looks good, man. Sure. Play it, you know? Right. But, you there, know, there's no obvious advantage going on. But there. if
2: it gets something to the point of, you know, th- there's rules in the game where you have to be in base contact with something. Okay. Well oh, yeah. if I've got if something that juts yeah. out over the, the the lip of the base, does that count as base contact? If I have something that prevents me from achieving base contact, well how do you how do you mitigate? you know, how do you deal with that within the rule set? We don't know yet.
1: I think yeah. the, the two most important things that you have to consider when you're looking at modifying your bases, it, you know, try to keep the original FFG bases that they came with, just so you're not dealing with any of the issues of the beveled edges. But I think the two the two most important things you gotta remember are don't extend anything beyond the width of mm-hmm. the actual base and don't extend the height of the model off the base. There are ways to give a three-dimensional appearance like you said with those corkboard rocks and things like that you can scatter around the mini. But don't alter how, you know, make sure he is on that base and make sure nothing sticks out over that edge of that base. And I think any modifications you want to make beyond that point, you're probably good to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's the main reason why i haven't done anything yet because i just don't want to oh that's I, the reason I'm worried about it oh, yeah. okay you're now, a holding <laughs> pattern uh, well that and you know i want to finish painting all of my models but you know I, i'm choosing to glue my stuff down before i do any basing to it just specifically for that reason yeah because i don't want to go and give that little advantage and now my entire army is now not tournament legal, which for me, I care about, you know, yeah. um, that's that's a big thing for me because I'm planning on playing, you know, organized play, hopefully premier events, stuff like that. So, um, you know, very reluctant. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of great ideas out yeah. there from from a lot of folks. Um, so thank you. To everybody for all that. And that was, also that awesome. your
0: camo pattern does look
1: really good. Thank you. It does look cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if it does at, you know, some points look like set dressing from a 1980s prince music video. But Oh, that's, that's not necessarily nice. a bad thing. It's a yeah, prince yeah, fan no, 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 It's no. not a bad. Oh
0: yeah, I know we get some raspberry berets on there. Yeah, That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you'll
2: find out what it's like when doves cry baby. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> you found out the other night. <laughs> I uh, sure
1: yeah. yeah. No, there was
0: no doves crying, just me.
1: <laughs> so, what are your what are your thoughts on clear bases? We saw a lot of suggestions for those.
2: <laughs> So I, I get it. I can see why people would do it because, again, like, like I, I said on, on the Facebook post, I'm very OCD about things matching. So, yeah. you know, if you have a clear base, it automatically looks like the people are um, in whatever environment they are because it's just the the, the mat coming through. Um, you mentioned that it makes it look like they're they're ice skating. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you do that, you
1: end up with Darth Boitano. Yeah, Darth <laughs> Boitano. But but for
2: me, you know, when I'm playing and looking and looking at units, I'm not necessarily looking at Capades. Uh, the the bases themselves. Okay. You know, I look at my units and I see where my units are, and I could. It's kind of like one of those things where you see something on something, but because you're focusing in a certain spot, you don't notice the rest of it. Um, a clear base, I don't think I would notice, and it would would look like the people are actually on the the environment that they're on,
1: right? If you can suspend disbelief with it, it does it, you're right, it does match yeah. any environment, and for that sake it looks cool. But every time I see photos of it, I'm just like Star Wars on ice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I've never sat there with like my movement tool as I'm getting ready to to move something or the the range rulers I'm measuring and gone, man, those bases look cool. <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking at the minis and everything. So, you know, and if you're you're watching from a distance away, a couple feet away, you might not even see the bases. You might just see the people. Um, That's very true. Yeah. You know, so whereas if you're watching from a couple feet away and you've got somebody with a with a desert base on an indoor map, you're like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, so <laughs> I, I could see why they're why people like them. You know, especially. I still from, think you're crazy. Uh, Of course I am. You're crazy. Uh, Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, I can see why people like them. I mean, I don't think it's going to be something I do because, you know, I I like, uh, now that I've thought about it more, I like the the idea of the hobby aspect. Um, But I can see why folks don't like it or think it's, you know, on ice and stuff
1: like that. So It's one of those that's all up to personal preference. Now,
2: if I had clear bases on a Hoth map, would you be okay, okay with it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. You know, no.
1: I'd be okay on any like, map. Hey, let it go.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <man. laughs> oh, no. You don't get to do that. Oh. You don't get to do
0: that. No, I'm just jealous I didn't get there first. <laughs> uh,
2: so what are you doing with your bases, John?
1: So all mine are done with the uh, Endor. So I went, uh, I bought a couple of different uh, little kit, little um, basing, basing kits. Basing kits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a little train shop, or Hobby Town USA or something like that here. Um, I picked up some, some flock, some green flock. Uh, I picked up a darker color of, like, undergrowth shrubbery. And then I picked up uh, from Michael's, they've got those moss kits. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen those. Like bags yep. of, of dried-out yeah. moss. Yeah. And you just tear little bits of that up, scatter it around there. And it, uh, it gives a, a very lush, I guess, jungle floor kind of appearance. Uh, cool. I think those worked out pretty well. Did a you know, just a base brown underneath it. Um, the ring some people are really particular about the the color of the ring the you know the lower ring of the, right, the base yeah I'm partial to just leaving it brown. Some people are like no it needs to be black
0: or green or something yeah sure I heard some hash. people like they'll color it for their commander and, and that, then that's yeah. the other one's yeah. neutral. Yeah. yeah
2: I was thinking about making like you know hash marks so I know which ones go on which squads you know I've got first squad, second squad, third squad. Um, that way I don't have to cart tokens around with them. Sure. It's just, oh, look, this is third squad. See? Three marks on the bases.
1: And especially if you've got, um, you know, an army where you bubble up a lot. Right. You know, we'll sure. talk a little bit about that with Veers later yes. on. But, but you know, there are some armies that have a strategy of keeping their, their units within, you know, a, a close range of their commander. Well... If you've got four units close to your commander and they're all, <laughs> you know, they're all stormtroopers, right. they're all regular rebel troopers, yeah. it's going to be kind of hard to differentiate who belongs in what unit. So, yeah, painting the lower ring for that, I, I think that works great. I'm not terribly partial to it because I think I care about how my models look on a display case more than I do. Sure, on, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't do
2: the display case end of it too. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Matt, what are you doing with yours? No,
0: uh, John, what am I doing with my Yeah, I was going to say, bases? what? what <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. we've asked Matt, but he's going to have you do with his basses. Yeah, but you wanted to go with the energy, right? Was that? You yeah, yeah. The honestly, thing. if so, I'll, I'll probably just do, do exactly what thing. I did with, yeah. with
1: mine with yours. They look good. So yeah, we, we've we've kept them brown for now just because we've been kind of moving them back and forth between the uh, demo set. The, yeah, the and demo yeah, set with the Tatooine and base, and uh, yeah, and then. Of course I'm uh I picked up some some uh poster tubes. We'll talk about that on, on a later uh hobby Forget segment. Forget
0: the poster tubes. I want you to talk about your Vader real quick.
1: Oh yeah, so oh, I man. I haven't posted the photo yet. I'll get it up on uh online today Take, take a second
0: to look this up cuz it it's a treat.
1: So I, I took I mentioned it earlier where I, I you know, I bought two core sets, so I figured I got two Vaders. I don't need to have, you know, two of the same Darth Vader, so I hacked the head off one of them and uh I glued a Space Marine Scout uh, sergeant head with a you know little burn damage and stuff on there. and it, you know even though the scale's a little bit different, um, it looks normal, I think. It, it looks like a helmetless vader.
2: So how did you get the head off of because when it, when it comes unassembled, it's the body and then an, and the arm and then like just a head and a cape.
1: So yeah, I, I like, basically. Like, at what,
2: what point did you cut the head off? Lightsaber,
1: right at the neck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right
0: when old Sheev said Do no, no, it. no, no. I mean, and, did you
2: glue like did you like glue the cape onto the model, then cut the head off, or did you cut the head off the cape? So I cut you know, the head at off the cape. What point in the assembly did you cut the head off of the cape?
1: Oh, I glued it all together and then cut the head off. Okay, that's
2: what. Yeah, that, yeah. okay.
1: And then after that, uh, I took a little bit of green stuff, I and mean, green stuff is for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically. Like a, a modeling putty that that hardens into like you know basically plastic, but you can still kind of sand it down and carve it um I glued that or I, I glued it and then I put green stuff around it and I kind of just like using my thumb blended the green stuff from the the base of the head mm-hmm. into the cape okay, so you can still see the chain kind of holding the cape sure. together in the front, but yeah. in the back it, it kind of goes seamlessly from his.
0: I think it turned out black. Really yeah, hard. it looks but, amazing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I
1: painted it up. I messed around with a little bit of the uh, the source lighting. The specular highlight. Yeah, yeah the specular From the, light. Uh, yeah, you got the great. nice saber glow on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I, I I did it with Luke, too. Luke's a little easier, because Luke, being a lighter color, uh, I could just put a little bit of blue glaze, and it, it kind of gives that appearance. But with black, it's tough. I
2: mean, that's not, I mean, that's not an easy thing to pull off, though. What Either way, I mean, I look at it, and I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. And I've seen some... It's some ones out there that folks tried it, and they're like, oh, well, it didn't really work out. And I'm like, yeah, no, it didn't. But um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate how good that looks because, man, oof, that's well,
1: good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun model to do. And I'm, you know, I, I like to do some customization with 40K. So you got some people who do their own sculpts, and, like, I, I'm not that talented. <laughs> I, you know, I, hats off to those guys. Cause those dudes are those guys are incredible. Did you but, see the
0: Hammerhead one that I, I was Yes, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, the guy who did yeah. the Hammerhead,
1: and, you know, I should really – reference these names before I come on and talk about yeah, it I but, know, yeah. but the, shout out to the dude out there who did the authorian he did a Mon Calamari completely sergeant completely out of green stuff completely out of green stuff
2: and it looks like it was sculpted out of it, it came out of the box that way I yeah. mean it's amazing yeah,
1: my yeah. my customization was hacking parts off of other models and putting them out which you know that's still fun right. but it doesn't have that same level of artistry of the guy who carved, <laughs> who literally like sculpted that so man here's to you props man. to you yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it was a it was a fun model to work on uh, the Vader, and uh, I like that it gave enough disparity between just the the normal static pose model. So now I have to figure out what to do with my Luke, my my second Luke. I've got an idea. What's that?
0: Cut his hand off? Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> no, I was just gonna say throw it in the garbage, but oh, you know. that's not because that's where Luke belongs. Uh, you
0: you're just jealous, jealous of his command cards. Uh, uh,
2: yes, I am.
1: Well, I thought the, of some. Uh, I thought of doing a like an old man Luke. You know, put a little would beard be cool. on him. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would or be else, cool. Uh, somebody here, uh, Dawson mentioned putting, you know, a Mace Windu head on him. Put a bald head on there, and right. then do Mace Windu, and you know, purple lightsaber. That'd I thought awesome, that would too. be really cool. Yeah, that'd too. be cool too. Yeah. So I got some options to play around with that, but you know, still still got some uh, some more hobby stuff to work I, on. I've seen people sets.
2: even talk about painting it up like Anakin okay, you know from like um from the prequel movies as from the pre from like attack of the
0: clones okay yeah like or or Clone Wars Anakin just base him in sand that's all I ask he hates sand oh, it does yeah. it's so horrible
1: yeah so you, you can get like some little like water effect uh gel to kind of put by his eyes so you can see him crying right yeah because pretty much. I mean Anakin you know yeah. <laughs> he's got a couple <laughs> of a couple of you know so. younglings
2: at his feet. <laughs>
0: Oh, standing on a pile of youngling heads. Yeah, uh, we're terrible. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, that's enough hobby stuff. Yeah, the, next week. Next week we'll talk on. about uh, <laughs> that Endor board. I'm gonna put. I try to put together because I got a bunch of por- uh, poster tubes to those trees. So cool. I'm going through yeah, tutorials right now, that. trying to figure it out. But once I figure it out, then I'll you know I'll talk about that a little bit. But let's get into the uh, the main topic for today with uh, with the game. You know, out for a couple weeks now. We've gone through the painting, we've gone through the you know, the initial demo sets, but now we're starting to really figure out the strategy, you know, the meat and potatoes of the game. And I think one of the things that is really kind of setting apart some of the players who are really getting it and some of the ones who are just, you know, walking into it is learning how to play the, the pregame. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, turn zero, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a surprising amount of strategy and depth um, even even as down to as granular as do I want to be the red or the blue player mm-hmm. you know because if you're the if you're the blue player you get to go first and you get to kind of you know choose which edge you want and there, there's so many choices that you can make but if you're the red player you know you get the absolute last ban you know yeah. you have the last say on the, the you know okay board edge great whatever um, you have the last say on you know What's the last thing that you want to make sure gets gets banned out of, out of that list? And I think, you know, I'm not looking too much when it comes to list building to get that initiative bid because, well, I'm okay with having that last choice to, to kind of have the last choice on what's going to define the battlefield.
0: There, there's nice upsides and downsides to both, but either way it's going to have a dramatic effect on uh, how the game is played.
1: And I think that's you know, being the red player, like you said, there's some strategy to that as well because sometimes you want to be the last person to put that last unit out there like if you've yeah. got an ATST on the board maybe you don't want to put the ATST on the same side as their their land speed or their uh, their speeder or their ion troopers right yeah absolutely yeah so, and,
2: and, or depending on how the the layout is you know if if you've got the uh, the disarray card which is the one that makes you put units in opposing corners yep. you know, and you have to put units in opposing corners if you're, if you're playing an Imperial player and you've got the ATST with the mortar pod, and your opponent decides that they're going to put infantry away from your commander. Well, guess where I'm going to make sure I'm putting my ATST so I can mortar pod you round one and potentially flee one of your units right off the board. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, being the red player has a lot of advantages.
1: Now, have you played that disarray map yet? I have not.
2: I mean, I've only played the one map, and the, the map we ended up playing was Major Offensive. Um, which really worked for the the conditions that we were playing. That's the L-shaped corner That's the L-shaped corner one, yeah. Um, And and Matt, you know, didn't... He kind of teased me about my uh, my choice of, of playing major offensive because I had Vader... And we were playing the, uh, I think it's Breakthrough, which is the...
0: Yep, the, you want to have your unit leaders in the enemy it, deployment he's zone. He's
2: like, oh, well, you gotta truck all, you got to truck Vader all the way into your enemy deployment zone. And I'm like, well, that's not really my strategy here. So Yeah, no. You know, and I think um, you're,
0: you did win that game, but against a competent player, I don't think it would have paid off. <laughs> it's my first game, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you played that right.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you hurt me. So there's, you know, three, for anyone who hasn't really spent a lot of time with this yet, you've got the three different variables, I guess you could say, that go into the beginning of a game. You've got the deployment maps that we talked about. You've got, you know, the mass mass overdrive where you've got the L-shaped corners. You've got Disarray, which are opposing corners, which, you know, that's an interesting <laughs> okay, strategy. that's kind of crazy, right? And then you've got the old tried-and-true battle lines and Long March, which is essentially yeah. just the, the hot dog-slash-hamburger-style deployments. Right. And that... see, I,
2: I, I don't like the Long March. As, as an Imperial player, uh, you know... Wait, why? Because, because as an Imperial player, especially with the bikes, those bikes thrive on flanking and man- maneuverability. The Long March narrows the field. You don't okay. have as much of an option to to swing them out wide because everything's basically going right down the pipe. You know, I'd rather have six feet wide to work with than three feet wide any day of the week.
0: Okay. Um, I guess it depends on your list because I could see where if you were running like double ATST or uh, a lot of uh, rockets or something like that, it had that range four band that gives you just extra time to get those ranges in, but yeah, if you're go- doing like a triple bike build or something like that, yeah, I could see that. And,
2: and, and that's also the, the the issue with the long march with an ATST with the mortar pod because that condenses your line of sight because now instead of having a, 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 a six foot long area that I can corner an ATST and pretty much if I put it down last, I can see where your infantry units are and and pick a line of sight. With the way terrain gets laid out on those boards, with having it be so narrow, the chance of you having line of sight unobstructed, the the all the way the clear way across the board with everything so narrow. Okay. I don't think it's quite quite as good. I, th- I think we can um, all
0: agree, though, that you don't want to send your air speeders and triple moving up the side of the board no. first turn. No, no that's, not, that's not before any one of those.
1: That's the one... Yeah. That I made a huge mistake in that game, <laughs> and I learned my lesson. And oh, well, that's right. That happened then. to you, right? I've been learning... Oh, look. Since targets. Well, <laughs> it depends a lot on what objectives you... or what's you well, know, that too. ...objective yeah. scenarios yeah, sure. you have, because sometimes... If you've got a lot of objectives that are towards the center, you're going to have to actually force your opponent to move out of that line of sight blocking terrain. Yeah. Or
0: even the battlefield conditions can alter it.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we've got a few of the battlefield conditions, and my favorite is limited visibility. Hate it. Josh, you love that one, right?
0: Hate it. Again, <laughs> ATSC with the mortar pod. Hate it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough cookie when so, you're... Uh, Want to engage as early as possible, and you're like, mm, No, there's
1: a limited visibility for those who don't know. That's the one where during the first round, each unit's line of sight beyond range two is blocked, and then during the second round, each unit line of sight beyond range three is blocked. So essentially, it kind of works like for those Warhammer players, the night fight it you know, it adds a, a little bit of difficulty to shooting long range. And you're right, if you've got if you rely on your mortar pod, which is four plus. Those first two turns, you're not it's, shooting it's any an, It's wasted
2: points. I mean, yeah. So and it's a waste of your ATST. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a not a big fan of that card. And I think that's the the first ban opportunity that I had in our game. That was the sure. first card I got rid of. And I'm like, nope, go away.
0: But there are ways to counter that. I mean, if you know it's going to be coming up, you got to really watch your deployments. If you have a chance to get somebody within range two, turn one, which is completely possible, especially on a battle line scenario or something like that, you still might be able to get them, especially if they're uncautious with some of their deployments or movements.
1: Yeah, they got you know, overzealous with an airspeeder. <laughs> <Double laughs> Why do you keep bringing that one? up? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I, I myself, I really like limited visibility if I'm running a troop heavy list. Sure, yeah, because if, if you know that you know especially if you're playing an objective scenario where you just want to outlast your opponent mm-hmm. because if I'm if I'm playing six rebel troopers and you've got two atSTs I know you can shoot me off the board an unlimited number of turns mm-hmm. I'm just Hoping to get through these six turns with as many guys left alive to, ho- to jump on those objectives. Yes,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and you probably want long march. Exactly. Too, because yeah. then you can narrow everything up and, and, and just basically make a big ball of doom mm-hmm. and just kick it right up the board. Yeah.
1: Now, if, there's, if you and your opponent are playing against each other and, you know, say you really didn't want that long march and you really didn't want limited visibility, mm-hmm. but I wanted one of those two. Now, if that falls on the third spot or the furthest to the right, if that's that card there, and I really want that one, I will strategize to use both of my my uh, get rid of that card mm-hmm. on the first, the two in sure. front of it, yeah. and I'm, I can guarantee myself that card will be there. Right. Hopefully,
0: yeah. your opponent might might oblige you and get rid of one of them for your, especially that first one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If you get <laughs> yeah. lucky, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you get lucky, you
1: know. When I played against Joe for the first time, and that limited visibility popped in that spot. And I think he knew that I wanted that card, or maybe I just got super excited because I have no poker face whatsoever. <laughs> Ooh, limited yeah. visibility! Yay! He's got a poker beard, but that's. Yeah. About it, yeah. <laughs> but he, he he knew I wanted that one, but there was really nothing he could do about it at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think he just tried to set up the deployment map and the um, objective scenario to try to benefit him, right? And so you know, there's a lot of strategy going into that. Um, there's the you know the clear conditions is the other uh, scenario that. I guess, is helpful for that because it just has no effect no whatsoever. Effect. Yeah. So that removes that variable from it. Uh, you got hostile terrain, which means that trooper units whose leader, whose unit leader is not in base contact with a piece of terrain cannot remove suppression tokens. So if you're playing against Vader... And now, is that just
2: at the end of the round?
1: During, during the end phase. End yeah. phase,
2: okay, yeah. So that's that one free that you get to pull at the end of the round.
1: Okay. Yeah, so if, if you're... Uh, you know, if, maybe if you have ATSTs or if you have Vader and you, part of your game relies on throwing suppression on your opponent, that might be a good one to go yeah. for. Yeah. And then, of course, the last one is the Rapid Reinforcements. And that one is, starting with the blue player, each player sets aside up to two non-commander trooper units and their order tokens, uh, marking each unit with a condition token. At the end of the command phase of round two, players add these set-aside order tokens to their order pools, and when a player draws a token with a rank that matches the set-aside unit, if there are no other unactivated units with the matching rank, they must place that unit on the battlefield beyond range 2 of all enemy units. That unit is treated as activated, and it, its order token is placed face-down on the battlefield. Deep yeah. Strike.
0: Yeah, I've... I've gotten to play that a couple of times now. I, I think it's one of my favorites.
1: It is. It, it's, it's cool. You know, it, kind so it of really that. throws
0: a kind of a monkey wrench into basically you, you're already seeing kind of the, the table stabilize a little bit. Mm-hmm. People are you can kind of see where people are moving in and then just having those units just appear on the board and like, OK, now I got to shift my strategy to d- deal with them or how can I exploit my troops, uh, you know, working towards the victory objectives or getting a pr- troublesome unit out of the way for me.
1: And it's one thing that, you know, not to reference 40K all the time, but with 40K, one thing you have to think about is watching your backfield because Mm -hmm. things that you leave vulnerable back there could be, you know, targets for deep striking units. So say you've got two ATSDs sitting in the back thinking, well, I don't need to worry about protecting these guys. All of a sudden (laughs) you get, you know, two ion trooper units that pop up in your backfield. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So
0: I actually managed to do that completely by accident, where I left just, didn't leave just enough space so they had a range two into my backfield. There was just a small gap, not enough to get an actual unit. And I was like, wow, I should really plan for that in the future. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it definitely worked out in my favor that time.
1: Yeah. So those are all variables that you have to consider and, and ones that can really alter the game as well. And then, of course, the way you win the game is scoring the most, you know, the most victory points. And most of the scenarios require you to get those through the objectives. And, you know, some of the objectives, they require you to have troop units. So that's part of the reason why, you know, it's great to have these double ATST lists, which, which, you know, may be feasible when beers drops. will talk about that in a little bit. But one of the things that you have to think about is you have to have a minimum of three troopers. And if you can only score objectives with those during some of these scenarios, you're going to want to make sure that you can keep those guys alive. So I don't know if that's yeah a...
2: yeah and, and it's it's the thing you got to watch when you're looking at the cards is some of the some of the cards say trooper units yeah and some of the cards just say unit unit leader yep yep you know so if you march if if you've got the the one where you've got to get your your folks into the enemy's deployment zone it just says unit leader yep well the ATST is its own unit leader so you can march that puppy right into there and and turtle up and you know
0: but you didn't do that you just sat in your own deployment I zone. did. Yeah, except for the one bike. If I had one unit survive, if, if,
2: except for the the, I, I had I had a bike going back there, but yeah, then you I did, stupidly left it out of cover. Um, yeah, that or was fine. out of line of sight or in line of sight to get shot at. Oops, because I'm a dummy. Hey, it was my first game. Um, <laughs> How long are you going to milk a, that for? A KG man? veteran <laughs> such as yourself. Oh, Matt, yeah, no, you no. no. You're experienced with this game. You've, you've, you've seen the war, you know. You, you know KG, the, yes, competent, now.
1: <laughs> well, with, uh, with the four objective cards that we get with the core set, um, three of them rely on objectives. One of them doesn't. Uh, breakthrough is the one that is the outlier here. And that one is the, at the end of the game, each player gains one victory token for each of their unit leaders within an enemy deployment zone. Right. So this one's going to benefit the people who like to run as many units as possible. So, you know, you're running your six units of troopers. Human wave. Yeah. I've got yeah. ten
0: drops in. They're all going there. Exactly. <laughs> and if
1: you if you have a unit like that, you try to keep them alive as long as possible, and then you rush the enemy zone and, you know, hope you can get as many there as possible. Um, that's it's not something you're going to want if you're playing a double ATS-2. Yeah, no,
2: not at all. Yeah. So.
1: And, of course, yeah. that is every or unit leaders. So that. Vehicle or so, you know, airspeeder yep, yeah. and your ATSC aren't going to be able to score at all.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm already to the point where it's like, four's right. not enough. Yep, I'm ready to go buy we'll some- what
1: you just said? I don't know what sorry. I said. What, uh, I
0: what, what what isn't able to score at all?
1: Atst or a rebel or a speeder? Yeah, yeah they, are. Speeder? Are they? yeah can yeah because yeah.
0: they're, they're, they're their own unit, unit leader. leader
2: yeah oh okay yeah. sorry I just wanted to make sure you weren't no 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 bad. yeah atst yeah everything is its own every unit has a unit leader oh okay yeah. Well, and yeah. there we go so it's just a unit leader of, of one I read you know? it
1: correctly and misinterpreted <laughs> it. that's like
2: that, that's like ffg loves throughout all of its game is are friendly units at range one well. I am friendly to myself, and I am at range one of myself. You know, <laughs> uh, usually that, that that's kind fair, of effect, yeah. usually that kind of effect. You know, you, you read a card, and that's the kind of effect that affects thing other ships or yeah. other units with friendly units within range one. And it's like, well, that helps me too because I am friendly to myself, and I am at range one of myself. Okay. So uh, same kind of thing there.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other three scenario cards that we have, excuse me, the uh, the objectives. Uh, you got Key Positions, which is the one where you basically have the terrain pieces as objective tokens. And Matt and I kind of learned from this one that... <laughs> that yeah, that was a <laughs> head-scratcher when we were yeah. doing that. That's one where I think it's going to come into play with the, uh, the objective set that's coming out the expansion.
0: Do we know what cards are getting put in that yet?
1: We don't, and yeah, that's going to yeah. add but another wrinkle we to We need it, it. Yeah. But we need more cards. Oh, I don't that, think four is more enough. play scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. bring them on. Absolutely, but I think that's going to be something that's going to change. The, it's going to keep the game constantly evolving. You won't have the. And the, I would prefer to see the play. game
2: evolving by conditions that, to win than you know the meta of the, the units themselves.
1: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. And then, like I said, the other the other three are all ob- objective token based ones. Now, some of them allow you to claim. Now, recover the supplies. This yeah, you one. Yeah, cart it around with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all trooper units gain the claim objective token that is in mm-hmm. base contact with your unit leader. So it takes you one action. This is one thing that we learned in the last game was it takes it costs an action to actually claim it. So you need to, if you need to move into contact with the objective and then spend your second action to claim it. So that's one thing that, but it will travel around with you. Yeah,
0: It's basically like a capture the flag.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I had a great experience with this the other day with a guy that was new to the shop, but we had an awesome game basically. And Sergeant Steve, uh, one of my last stormtroopers in the unit, he was able to (laughs) run up, grab the objective and then hightail it behind a building. And, uh, it, it was a really close game, but, uh, a lot of fun. But so those units, as long as you got one guy left, they can claim objective points. And, you know, one guy isn't really contributing to the fight unless he's holding a uh, uh, scenario objective. Right.
1: Now, for some of these, I've been noticing that it's actually advantageous to keep one minimum man squad. So one four man squad mm-hmm. that you don't know, put a heavy weapon in. Their sole purpose is to either hold a backfield objective or grab an objective and move behind line of sight. Because with four men, it it's easier to hide out of line of sight than it is with six. That's fair. Yeah, so I've got a lot of mileage with doing that and just keeping one unit you know, kind of out of the way, not wasting too many points on them, and using them only to score objectives.
0: No, I'm definitely coming around on those minimum unit squads. I've got a new list I'm working on that's going to try and exploit those a little bit. Okay. With, with Rebels or Imperials? Rebels. Nice. I'm having the most trouble with Rebels right now, so I'm trying to really kind of crack the code on them. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, and I've, you know, speaking of line of sight, I, I realized something like yesterday, about how you can maximize cover when you're talking about barricades, and I know this mm-hmm. is a complete tangent, but it's cool, so I thought I would share it because we were talking about the cover. So if you've got a unit of six troopers, or, or an even number, two, four, whatever, mm-hmm. um, if you put half of the people in front of the barricade and half of the people oh behind God. the barricade, you essentially have, unless they're shooting directly from the side of the barricade, you essentially because of the line of sight rules have 360 degree cover to absolutely <laughs> that is the most cheesy thing ever and i'm going to spam the hell out of it uh. <laughs> i was like wait a minute why am i just getting everybody behind the barricade why don't i put some people in front of the barricade and now you and it's the most counterintuitive thing ever ever because you know, we'll, we'll you're, pretend you're they've gone advantage. prone
0: and you know right. taken you're, up. You're yeah. gaining
2: an advantage by putting people in what ostensibly should be a more
1: vulnerable position. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. But now you're learning I the mean, game within the game. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm learning how to
2: cheese it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's tasty cheese, but cheese none the same. Anyways, <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled strategy update.
1: So with the, uh, the, other, the last card that we had left, um, the intercept the transmissions. And now this one is the one where you actually score after rounds two, rounds four, and at the end of the game. So this one, you have three objectives out there, basically one directly at the 50-yard line, and you've got two of them halfway towards the end zone. Yeah, red line, blue lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you For go. Hockey references out there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like American football might be more... Right. More, yeah, whatever. <laughs> ...more it's universally okay. understood, but sure, hey, we know hockey. Yeah, yeah. I, Plus, I, you, you, you ice it, hockey? Ice hockey. True, oh, okay. Yeah, Not yeah, like field feel hockey. hockey. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> but with uh, Intercept the Transmissions, um, you're getting one point per objective at the end of round two, one point per objective at the end of round four, and then two points per objective at the end of the game. So this is one of those where yeah, it might not be super smart to just keep your guys, you know, sitting in cover for four rounds and then trying to rush out yeah. there at the end. Well, I mean, and that's kind of Josh. how I've
2: seen, that's kind of how I've seen both games that I've seen now played with that condition played where, you know, the units for whatever reason just kind of took their first objective, scored points, shot at each other across the map and then tried to make a mad dash for that last one in the middle for the very last you know, very yeah. last turn, um, because you only need to score the, the extra one to, to win the game. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I
1: feel like all of them are, are different enough that they really, you know, diversify the each, each game. No game will play exactly the same and, with it, those four scenarios. It makes
2: you have a really generalist army. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, yeah, you have some control over it, but. You know, if you bring an army that's a human wave army and you get a disadvantageous deployment zone or something like that, then you're, you're hosed. You know. And well, one thing
1: I love about Legion is very few of the games that I've played is it one person shoots the other person off the board. Right. I mean, yeah, it's great to just, you know, put models on the table, pick them up, put them away. Right. You know, that's always satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, it's, it's, it's satisfying
2: to put your models on the table and make the other person well, okay, yeah. pick up their models and put them away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but with with 40k, it seems like there are so many people who, when they show up to a tournament have no real plan for the objectives other than to just blow the other person off the table. Right. It's like if I can make the other person, you know, pick up all their models, that's it, you know, that's it. I it's win. an auto win. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that this game actually makes you play, you know, to, to try to actually accomplish. Yeah. The hopefully scenarios.
0: we'll avoid the leaf blower scenario. Yeah. Now. Exactly.
1: So one of the other things that goes into playing the game within the game is the command cards and now we've only had luke and darth vader so far so we've gotten we kind of you know mastered those cards when to play those cards and when we were expecting our opponents to play their respective cards but we're starting to see you know some these new releases coming out we're starting to see individual cards that these new commanders have and they're going to add a lot of distinct differences to the game now josh looks like he's pretty excited here i'm
2: ready for fears man i you know they they they, they did the preview article Um, Tuesday, was it? Yeah. Yeah, a couple days. A couple days ago. And, man, uh, like, Vader has a lot of cards that are risk-reward, you know, come with a cost. You know, hey, I can sacrifice one of my guys to do it. Um, I can take a wound. I can take a wound Mm -hmm. to do it. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, Veers, there's no downside. Like, oh, I get a free, essentially, orbital strike? Okay. Um they balance that by it not being a true orbital strike, I guess, you know, line of sight rules still apply, you know, Veers has to be able to see them. You can't just pick a unit anywhere on the board and and try and auto delete, you know? Yeah. Um, So I guess that's the, 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 the disadvantageous thing, but you know, uh, the the big thing right now with HH 12 troopers is you got to spend an action to reload them. And they're very immobile, you know, Veers lets you has a card that lets you do a free recover action. Thank you. You know, I can fire, I can aim and fire, and then aim and fire the very next round with the him and General Weiss just kind of high five it out. Yeah, Yeah. get back out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, come on, sport. Man, so good.
0: So yeah,
1: this is so good. Just to kind of like clarify exactly what you're talking about here. This week we saw the release of all of Veers' command cards. And his three, his three that he was talking about, the one pip card is called Maximum Firepower, and that's the, the orbital strike he talked about. Uh, basically, at the end of General Veers' action, he may perform an action where an attack using the following weapon, and it's a range four plus, four red die, impact two, immune to deflect. It's like, <laughs> oh, hi, Luke. Sorry. Trying exactly. To yeah, you're right? not deflecting this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a nasty card. Of course, that, that only order can go to General Veers. So right. if you're playing that, you're right. going first, but General Veers is the only one. Sure,
2: do. but I mean that's a great turn one card. Absolutely, because yeah. I can issue my order to General Veers ATST with a mortar pod, put a ton of suppression on units. You know, you've automatically suppressed Luke right there. Yeah, you know, with with that attack, you've automatic. You know, ATST mortar pod. If you if you if you're lucky enough to roll a hit or crit with the suppressive word, uh, keyword, and then follow it up with that you've automatically limited Luke to one action on the first turn. That could be pretty big. Yeah. I think
0: think it could also be fun the other way, too. If you, like, maybe hold it in reserve, you have a Sergeant Steve Steve scenario who ran up, grabbed an objective. Well, guess what, buddy? Here comes a freaking AT-AT shooting all of his forward barrage at you. So drop that objective right now.
1: The other thing with that card, though, is because it is a one-pip card, you kind of want to keep those one-pip cards, especially if you're playing against Luke. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you, you want to make sure that you can pr- try at to at least keep get him that fifty fifty roll off exactly. Right. So I mean you're going to have ambush more than likely. So you want you, you can <laughs> always keep that in reserve. Yeah. But I think that you know factoring that one pip might make a difference when you actually play it. Oh, because absolutely. The first turn, very few people are playing one pip cards and getting the first action on the first turn isn't always. Yeah, not really a big you know, deal. Who cares. Thing.
2: I mean, you're not unless you've got something that goes four to the board edge. You're not shooting that first round. Yeah. You know. Um, unless somebody's dumb enough to triple move a speeder right into your field of fire, <laughs> Who would do, that? That? I don't know. Would do that, that? I don't know. Ridiculous.
1: I don't know. His second card is two pip cards called evasive maneuvers, and that can only be issued to two vehicles. And when a friendly vehicle Bikes. unit is issued an order, it gains a dodge token. So right off the bat, if you've got you know two ATSTs or an ATST and a speeder bike unit, those two are getting dodge tokens. Yeah. And friendly vehicle units can spend those dodge tokens to cancel out critical hits.
0: Which is great. That is huge. Yeah, especially that's, for ATST, ATS really
1: where that's the only thing that right. can actually wound it. Um,
2: but it's also big for speeders because, yeah. or, or for bikes because they're fragile. Yeah. you know, they white dice, no surge, they die quick. Um, and and being that able to ignore hits, those
0: criticals right lets them keep that cover.
1: Safe, exactly. Right. You know? Yeah. That's what yeah. I was
2: so I mean, that's huge too. Yeah, and, and that so, works well
1: for both. Your you know speeder bikes and ATSTs, but right. it also kind of shows you that if you're going to be playing some long range AT uh, speeder bikes, you may want to put those long range comms on there. Right. Yeah. Uh, the third card that he has is the three pip Imperial Discipline, and this is the one that uh, you talked about. where recovering orders, um, recovering actions. It's uh, General Veers in two units, so any two units, and when a friendly unit is issued an order, it may recover. So like you said with HH12s, if you've got you know exhausted rocket launchers. You know, play this card, all of them come back to being full, saves you an action. There. It also
2: sheds all suppression, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's huge. That's, you that's huge. You could even run it
0: with like Vader if you want to get crazy and do Veers Vader and yeah, you just you could. That's have a him go ham, uh, uh, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you could, if he went ham on his force powers one turn, just ready them all up the next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and uh, yeah. of course, too, with the ATST, if you. Had General Vice, yep, retaps using, Yeah, using him to fire off more weapons that exhausts him and two which, rounds in a row. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that that opens so up some some nasty possibilities. So he's got some really good abilities. Yeah, and of course with his expansion, we're going to see two cards come out along with him upgrades. Esteemed Leader, which uh, basically gives your guys, look out, sir.
2: Yeah, Get bubble Rat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, the first thing I saw when you look at Veer is he's like, what, five hit points, something like that? It's, um, he's not all that tanky. Yeah, he's five. I don't think, yeah, five and, and two courage.
0: Okay. Um, For those that don't know what Lookout Sir is, okay, what does well, he actually do? <laughs> the official rule is
1: Guardian 1, which means that a friendly unit at range 1 from the commander is defending uh, is defending against range attack. You may cancel up to one hit result. For each result cancelled, roll one of your defense dice, convert surges, then suffer one wound for each blank result. So And that's to the units
2: that are guarding you. Yes. That's not that's not a, a wound to Veers, that's a wound. Yeah. So yeah. if I, if you've got if you've got three trooper units around General Veers, that basically allows you to soak three points of damage into potentially into the the stormtroopers yep. instead of into General Veers
0: himself, who exactly. is kind of squishy. He's got like six health. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without that, you know, without having the deflectability like Vader has, you know, Vader and, and Luke can both mitigate a lot of range attacks by even just the threat of having that Deflect. deflectability. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a game last week where. I had a Snowspeeder on his last hit points and shot Darth Vader, and his deflection came back at me and knocked me <laughs> out of the sky. Yeah. So even, even having the threat of that sometimes can be enough to keep yeah. you know, someone from shooting at you, whereas with Veers, he's not quite as squishy. So this keeps him alive longer. Only five points, though. Not that, not that bad. Yeah. And his other upgrade he gets is a 10.1 called Commanding Presence, and this one issue, allows you to uh, extend your issuing order range to four. So that's kind of huge. So now that we have a pretty good idea of of what Veers is going to be released with, what are your thoughts? Veers or Vader?
2: Veers, definitely. Um, I I don't think there's... I mean, the the command cards are just too good. Um, The innate abilities are just too good. Vader's really... It it takes a lot of nuance to play him really
0: well. Um, Or you just camp him on an objective and he just kills everybody that comes nearby. There's
2: that too. Um, saber throwing yeah. on air speeders and taking stuff like out ATRTs left right. and right. Yeah, um, I, I think you get a lot more flexibility with Veers, um, not only in what he can do and what he brings to the table and your opponent has to plan for, but also in just general list building. Oh yeah, um, no, I
0: think you can say that Meiser Ma- Pysel is very flexible. You know, yes, he is <laughs> very flexible. He goes, he go
2: he he goes deep, um, but. I mean, I was just fooling around with Tabletop Admiral today uh, because they've gone and updated all of the the the, the released and spoiled Veer stuff, and the list I was able to make was pretty pretty good. Um,
0: it opens up a lot of it options. It I mean, points. I had I had Veers
2: with with um, uh, esteemed leader, mm-hmm. you know, five point card. That's the only upgrade I put on him. Um, then I had three units of dlt uh, stormtroopers with grenades um and the extra trooper impact uh a, a very very oh, okay you know some with concussion some with impact sure um because i didn't put any hh12 in the unit um i had a a, a fourth unit of stormtroopers with a grenade and the extra person so just five uh-huh. and no heavy weapon. Um, they got impact grenades cause they would be kind of like a close assault force basically. Um, or a suicide squad. <laughs> choose, your, choose your, choose your terminology. All troopers dark. are suicide um, squads. But then, um, was able to put an ATST with the mortar pod and the concussion grenade launcher to cancel out close range range cover. Yep. Um, so it's a nice mix of, you know, long range, mid range and short range. Um, and then, two units of bikes with no upgrades. Yeah. I mean, that's it's uh, a good uh, list. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, man, you, well, you've f- got you've got a couple of units of fast flankers. You got four units of infantry that all have a decent amount of impact ability, um, and then you have an ATSD. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, <laughs> I and mean, and even with oof. even with you know throwing that uh, the upgrade on uh, General Veers, mm-hmm. you're looking at eighty-five points. Yeah, I mean that's about yeah, it's a so third cheap. that's about a third of yeah. what the Vader cost. Yeah.
2: I mean and, and it just allows you so much more flexibility in in your list building. You know, I could I could have dropped a unit of bikes and put, you know, two more naked units of stormtroopers out there. And it had six core units that you've got to deal with. I mean, it's so many options.
1: Matt, what do you what do you think? You're gonna go with veers or v- vader? <laughs> <laughs>
0: did, did we go Dutch there for a second? <laughs> vader is the veers, the vader. Yeah. Um, veers or vader? Uh, Por qué no los dos? Uh, no, uh, I'll probably definitely be playing with veers. I, I I tend to like the more. Commandery type guys. And it's fun to get choppy with Vader, but I, I like to have the the more buffing, synergizing the troops because that's where I like to have the fun is with the units. So he definitely gives me that. But I'm not ready to write Vader off completely yet. But uh, he'll definitely be featured in my list to to come for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't count Vader out. He certainly has uses. He's a strong unit. It's sure. Lord
0: Vader, not Count Vader. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Anyway. um...
2: You know, he just requires a lot more. You got to plan your list around him. Yeah, yeah. well, you got to plan your list around him because every unit matters. Can Vader at that take point.
0: the uh, the leadership upgrade? No, no, uh, lots. there. That would be so unfair. That would be so unfair. Crazy. <laughs> All
2: you go die for me. Well, that's what we're here for, Lord. Okay, Vader.
0: everybody, link arms. We're marching up the board now, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? very slowly. <laughs> yeah.
2: um,
1: it looks like, from what we've seen so far, those are going to be only available to Leia and Veers. Right. Okay,
2: um, but fair. I mean, Veers is great with snowtroopers too. Yeah, because that the the ability to hand out free aim tokens to a unit that it only moves one, but has the steady keyword that allows mm-hmm. them to fire after moving. There's your action. Economy. You can start chuck the board. You can on that turn. You can move. You can do a double move. You have already got a aim token, and you can shoot. Um, so that takes a unit like Snowtroopers that are very immobile and makes them a lot more mobile just through the, just through the action economy.
1: Yeah. yeah, No, that's a good point. I think the one thing that, that Imperial players are taking for granted now that you may start to realize is a weakness with Veers, though, is you don't really have to think about your suppression or you know, panicking Fair, with, Vader yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, with Vader on the table. That's a good point. With Vader on the table, it's all you, know, you don't have to worry about him getting panicked, you don't have to worry about Stormtroopers around him getting panicked. If I'm playing against Veers, I'm going to try to kill Veers right away. Was he a three or a four? He's two. a two. Two? He's a two. two. Oh. But, so, I mean. He can so turn tail and run real quick. I, I, yeah. I, mean, I, think,
2: I think Leia's only a three, and I and I know Han is a two also. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So, I mean, that's just kind of evening the playing field a little bit. But, at the same time okay, yeah, great, suppression's nice, but here, let me introduce you to all of the units over here that are vehicle-based and have no yeah. suppression value, period. So clearly Krennic's you know. going to be a three then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah. But um, I, yeah,
1: I, I think that's something that you know people have kind of taken for granted for now, and as a Rebel player, I'm looking at this and I'm like, that's cool, you, run, you want to run Veers? All right, I'm going to take Veers out or try to take Veers out as soon as possible. Right. And watch those you know trooper units panic.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you've you've got to have the weapons to to get the range to get there too. True. You know, uh, but that's the thing with Veers that he has the ability to spend a card and okay, now you guys don't have you know free ready action. You don't have suppression anymore. Yeah. So you can play the suppression game and try and pile it on. Well, here's my card that you know makes all your suppression tokens go away.
1: The other the other thing so, that that we haven't seen yet that may you know rear its ugly head is what it looks like when you've got one-sided battles of Jedi versus no Jedi. Or, you know, lightsabers against somebody who doesn't have a lightsaber. Sure. Because the, the few times where I have gotten Luke into combat with Stormtrooper units, he wipes them out quick.
2: Sure, but, I mean, the, the, the thing with Luke, and we saw it in the game that I played with Matt, is mm-hmm. if you get lucky with a couple of rolls of Stormtroopers, maybe you took Force Reflexes and you've got the Deflect. That only does you good against one unit, you know, if if you've got three units of stormtroopers and that you've got to try and tank through, especially with no defensive surge, you've only got six hit points. Yeah, it, they're going to go quick. True. You know, especially if I'm taking a pop at you with a DLT with two red dice and then an aim token and yeah. precise and yada 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 yada. You know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, good luck. You know, if you want to charge, yeah, a Jedi, one,
0: one or two hits here and there yeah, from each unit. that's shooting it or adds up, and if
2: if you know, turn three, I, I see you starting to come up. Okay, here's my orbital strike card, funk, yep. and now I've just kicked half your health out from underneath you. And now you're going to charge my lines. Great, you're going to get your two attacks on one unit. And the other three units that I've got that you're now two inches away from are just going to Suicide Squad. The you
0: thing know. I'm looking forward to the most, I think, during a game is running Luke and having Veers blank on the orbital strike. <laughs> and just doing the shoulder dust. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> everything you just said was wrong. Yeah. Okay. That's true In for everything ways. I say. Yeah.
1: I think my final verdict, though, I'm with you guys. I think Veers is probably going to be better than Vader.
2: And, and And Leia is going to be just as good. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. you know, because Leia, looking at some of the cards that we have been able to see, she also has an orbital strike type card. She does, but it's spread out in, in in staying with the kind of the the Imperials versus Rebel theme, all of her buff abilities are very defensive in nature. Um, it's going to be a slugfest when we start seeing Veers Leia matchups. Sure, because you know you've got buff offensive buff bot over here, defensive buff bot over there. And it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, it's oh, gonna be great. Once we
1: start seeing more details on her, we'll get a uh, we'll get a Luke versus Leia episode out there. <laughs> uh, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for our, our Veers Vader conversation. I think uh, the clear winner here is is Veers so far, but we won't know until we see you know what he does in the table. Hopefully,
0: yeah. yeah, in the next week or two, they'll actually have a drop date for him. Yep. So
2: complete complete you know non sequitur here. You know you were talking. Are we going Dutch, right? yish yish. You know what the Dutch word for father is, right?
0: Faja. Vader. Oh.
2: Vader. Oh, he oh, right, was Darth's right. father the entire time. It was right there. It was. It was literally right there. He was Darth's father the whole time. I, I, oh. It's I, very tight, yes. The day I found out about that, I mean, you, I'm, i am I was so mad. They was so lazy, which is what I would expect from George Lucas. But God, oh. so the man, lazy. The man
1: who brought you Sleeze Bagano, right?
2: He could have at least put Sleeze Bagano in Japanese or something, man. I mean, come on.
0: It sounds like Frodo Baggins's, like, disreputable cousin, <laughs> one of the townsend hey, he's on workers' comp. Okay? Oh, yeah. sure.
1: Uh, well, I think that pretty much <laughs> wraps it up for today's episode. you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No,
2: I just wanted to, you know, do a, a quick shout out to uh, all of our listeners out there. Again, thanks for supporting us. We're, we're glad that you guys are active you. and involved on our on our Facebook page. And, and for uh, those
0: that may not know where it is,
2: and, you know. If, if, We'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay, but, you know, sorry, jumping the that gun. Interacting with us, you know, uh, one of the reasons that we like doing this is it's part of building community, you know, uh, and that's one of the things that really gets me involved in in, in war gaming, Whether it's at the local level, you know, at the store, it's it's, it's about the people, right? Um, so thank you to all, all you folks that are out there listening and commenting and, and, and building that community, whether it's online or in the stores or wherever you may be. Um, if you're looking for our, kind of our digital presences, uh, it's facebook.com slash Legion Outriders. Um, and then it's at Legion Outriders on Twitter. Those are really the only two, uh, social media. We don't have a, don't have a, uh, Discord, Discord, or, an, or, anything, Discord yeah. or an Instagram we might or, add that or later. Or any of those things. Um, we are at MySpace.com slash legion outriders. Also, <laughs> no, just joking. Slash two thousand and
0: two. Um,
2: you know, but but please, you know, if 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 you haven't already, um, leave us a review on the on the Facebook page. Uh, if you're on iTunes or whatever your uh, your your podcast delivery service of of, of preferences, uh, smash that like button. Uh, give us a review let us know how you think we're doing let us know if you think there's anything we can improve
0: Because or any segments you want to hear us talk about yeah absolutely
2: yeah. you know if there's something like hey dude next time on the show talk about uh, clear bases uh, we, we already talked that's about pretty them, transparent yeah 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 oh, god.
0: <laughs> is that too am I, am I good so? that, that that giant
2: sucking sound you hear is <laughs> all of our subscribers oh. running away in terror uh, they stopped listening yeah, right right. Right. <laughs> thank <laughs> god um, hello comrade Putin I'm glad you're still with us uh, yeah yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> we did get a download from Vermont, finally.
1: Oh. So is, is Mississippi the last last Bastion? I haven't out? checked,
2: but I've got to check. Um, anyways, leave us a review. Give us a like. Leave some comments. Let us know. We're here for you guys. So thanks a lot. And uh, Matt? What you got?
0: Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Race Squadron podcast. Doc Scott, a uh, really nice guy, uh, invited me out to talk to them. Uh, it was about a week and a half ago now, I think, week or so. But uh, they, they do X-Wing, but they're doing some Legion also, keeping up with the uh, Race Squadron reputation for fighting on the ground and air. But had a great time. If you get a chance, go ahead and check them out. Uh, but uh, had, a, had a great time there. It was fun.
1: Awesome. Well, we look forward to you know hearing more stuff from those guys, too, going yeah. forward.
2: Maybe we can have them on the show at some point. Uh, we, we had talked about that,
0: yeah. especially since he was uh, – one of his predictions for a elite unit was Inferno Squadron. I'm very excited Ooh. for that. Somebody yeah. painted up an Inferno Squadron. Yeah, it looks uh, sick. And
2: I saw it on the Facebook paint group, and it looks
1: amazing. Yeah, that jet bike that they did. Oh. Yeah, it looked really good. Woo.
0: I just finished the the first campaign for that on Battlefront the other day, I'm and it was really fun. That game, but well, that's for No, time. no. <laughs> the, the, the campaign's fun, and I'm going to start the second chapter here soon. But
1: Nice. All right, guys, well, thanks a lot for listening to us here and hope you have a great week, Outriders. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast. Only now, at the end, do you understand. For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening.
2: You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.